0: Hello and welcome to this IBR Business Profile, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report, presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 111th edition of our program, which aired during the second weekend of February 2022, we introduced you to Darcy Malsby of Darcy Malsby and Company. She's known as Iowa's storyteller, but the path to owning her own business was anything but easy.
1: Well, I run my own marketing communications firm, and I tell people this is the product of a kind of a three strikes and you're out situation when I started off my career in corporate America. Because I did work full-time for others for about six years after graduating from Iowa State with a journalism and a history degree. And I love my jobs, but it just seemed like things weren't quite working out the way I had planned. I had some verbally abusive bosses the first go-round. And then long before there was Me Too, I had the sexual harassment issue with a boss at job number two. And then the third job was just a good old-fashioned layoff when the cash burned through too much angel investor money and a dot-com floundered. So so I thought, well, I've got 6 months of unemployment. I've always kind of had this dream of hanging out my own shingle, but I was never brave enough to make that leap, and here was the perfect opportunity. So I said, you know, if you can't get anything legitimate going here within 6 months when the unemployment runs out, then I'll get serious about really working in corporate America again. But I was fortunate. I had a neighbor at the time who was a marketing director for Iowa Realty, and she needed some freelance work done. So I did some writing for her, and one project led to the next, and here I am today.
0: There are a number of experiences there in what you describe that would undoubtedly deter someone from going forward. In other words, okay, this field must just be filled with uncertainty, bad people, et cetera, et cetera. What was it that said to you, I still want to do this? I still want to communicate. I still want to tell stories. I still want to do what I'm good at. What was it that led you to push forward as opposed to just simply saying, I'm going to try some entirely different line of work?
1: You know, that thought never even crossed my mind, but that's a perfectly legitimate question. I think it goes back to one day at my very first job out of college. I was looking at the bulletin board where it had basically the pay structure. They didn't have actual salaries on it, but basically the pay structure of how long you'd have to stay there to move up the chain. And I just knew real fast that if I stayed in this particular company where people like to stay for years and years, which was great, wasn't good when you're in your early 20s wanting to rise up. And I always felt like I had a lot more to offer the world than just being stuck in some low level job waiting for my chance years in the future to actually use my talents more. So I think that's what drove me that I knew there was a great need out there for someone who could tell businesses stories effectively in a clear, compelling, concise way. And I didn't want to wait around till I was old and gray before I'd get the chance to do that.
0: You've also taken your background, fifth generation Iowa farmer, and so you're using that to be even more informed as you tell client stories. I trust that helps as you develop a niche or a certain expertise, if you will.
1: It really does. So I am blessed to live just a mile south as the crow flies from my family's century farm in Calvin County, up northwest of Lake City. We're out by Yetter. I always say everything's better in Yetter. So it's great to live in a time when you can have a thriving business from your home out in the middle of Yetter, Iowa, and no one thinks twice about your geography being a challenge. Back when I was actually trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, my dad was raising hogs at the time, and he had won a pork production award. Dad actually is the one that suggested, you know, maybe you want to do what this gal that came to visit me does, because when he won this award, one of the ag magazines sent out a reporter to interview him and get some pictures and do this story. And I didn't even know jobs like that really existed. So when I went to Iowa State and decided I didn't want to be a veterinarian, which is what I originally thought I might want to do, and I go into communications, my dad's words kept echoing in my mind that maybe you should specialize in ag because a lot of kids don't grow up on farms anymore then I'm a child of the 1980s farm crisis when it was not cool and it was not encouraged to go into agriculture. But I liked the rural lifestyle. I liked farming. And I thought, you know, that makes a lot of sense because a communications field can be very competitive. And if I use what I already know, which is agriculture, I think there could be a good niche. And so that's worked out really well.
0: To the point of technology now, What you're doing could not have been done 10, 15, 20 years ago because the ability that we have to have this conversation miles apart with very good quality audio is a fairly new undertaking. Do you find that it was a perfect storm in terms of timing to allow you to do what you really wanted to do?
1: Yeah, it really was. I feel very blessed, very grateful to live in a time when internet connectivity is what it is, even out here in these rural areas. Because you're right, back when I was in high school and starting college, for all practical purposes, if you wanted a job in communications, you probably were going to have to go to at least Des Moines, probably Chicago, New York, any of the big cities if you really wanted to have a good career. And now it's just crazy because... Out where I'm at, and because of my specialty, which is agriculture, although I do serve companies outside of ag as well, but with that niche, I have customers from all over the country that come seek me out just because I am in the heart of farm country.
0: And obviously, you can relate to the topic. You are a member of the audience as well, and so you can relate, and that helps in developing messaging. Is it the kind of thing where... You're working even harder than if you were in some agency or in a bigger city. In other words, many small business people, and I can speak from my own experience, you say, well, it's good to be able to row your own boat, but you find that sometimes you just work many more hours because you're doing it for yourself and there's a sense of ownership with that.
1: Boy, isn't that the truth? You know, I just had the chance to go talk to a class of high school girls in the ag program here at the local school and tell them what my job is like and what I do. And I told them, sometimes people think, oh, you've got such a cool job because you're the boss and you can just take off and go on vacation or run errands or do whatever, whenever you want to. And I said, yeah, to a certain extent, that's true. But it also means if I take away hours or days now, I just have to work nights, weekends, because you have one boss at your job. I've got more like anywhere from eight to a dozen that I'm serving at any one time. And you're right, that sometimes means late hours. I've got one client that needed to have a press release go out really fast, and time was of the essence. And I remember we were working on it together at about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, so we could get it out first thing the next morning. So that's the reality of the job, but I really love being able to help my clients tell their stories effectively. My tagline is I help businesses find their wow stories and inspire people to dream bigger and revitalize rural America and change the world for the good. So that's a pretty inspiring line of work.
0: And it's not going to be accomplished unless you work at it. And that's going to take a lot of hours. The other thing about being a small business owner, sure, you can take time off, but there's no revenue coming in. It's not like you get a paid vacation as you might when you work for someone else. And I imagine a lot of folks don't consider that either.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, I I always have mixed feelings when people want me to talk to their kids or they want me to talk to them about starting your own business and being an entrepreneur because it's great and there are so many advantages to it. But I think sometimes people look at me like I'm a Debbie Downer when I'm just telling you the reality of it because I didn't know all this going into it. I've learned the hard way sometimes. But growing up on a farm, I also knew that I was living and breathing entrepreneurship, because that's what my dad did, that's what my grandfather did. You just, you work till the job got done. And so that work ethic has really served me well.
0: Let me ask finally, How did the book writing become a part of it? Because that's a very different skill set. Telling stories is telling stories, to be sure. But telling a company story in a news release or in a brochure or a website is very different than writing books that have everlasting shelf life.
1: That's also true. And you know, I tell people I am truly a historian at heart. One of my college internships was getting to work hands-on at Living History Farms as a historical interpreter. So I can milk a cow by hand, I can run a cook stove, and I can run a treadle sewing machine. And I love history, but I didn't want to be a history teacher. And I did find out early in my career if I would incorporate history. I mean, there's just like with law or a number of fields you have to understand history to understand why things are the way they are today and with my journalism work i was telling some really incredible stories but i was afraid that they were at risk of being lost over time because when they're in the newspaper when they're on a website those things are temporal by and large and i these stories of iowa history were too important to let those slip away. So I had the chance to start writing nonfiction Iowa history books around 2014, 2015. And I've been producing about one a year. So I joke that it's like a drug addiction where <laughs> once you start, you just want to keep doing it. But it's that passion that's always been in there in, inside me of telling stories, but especially Iowa history stories. It's so important. I just want to encourage people to realize that storytelling today, this is not children's stuff. It's not kids' stuff. It's not fables and fiction. It's really one of the most profound, powerful business tools you can have to set yourself apart from the competition and cut through the clutter.
0: Darcy Malsby of Darcy Malsby & Company, online at DarcyMalsby.com. We connected via Zoom on Thursday, February 10th. The Iowa Business Report radio program and podcast is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. More at AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more at iowabusinesscouncil.org. The Iowa Business Report airs on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with podcasts posted right here along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.